Welcome to Godseeker. This is Elizabeth Fulgaro. The current message, miracles. Jesus said and did some crazy things. One such place is this segment from what is recorded in the Gospel of John at the end of the Last Supper, where Jesus talks to his disciples before he is arrested and put to death. In John, Chapter 14, verses 11 through 15, Jesus says, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe me because of the very works themselves which you have witnessed. I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me as Savior will also do the things that I do, and he will do even greater things than these in extent and outreach, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name as my representative. This I will do, so that Father may be glorified and celebrated in his Son. If you ask me anything in my name as my representative, I will do it. If you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. If you were raised with Christianity, then like it was for me, you may have heard some of the Jesus stories so many times that you just kind of take these for granted. To the ears of current churchgoers who have memorized some of Jesus' stories and quotes, they often no longer connect with how strange and refreshingly different to some, and shockingly different to others, that Jesus appeared. In the eyes of many of the people at the time, according to the supposed God-honoring culture in which they had been raised, a culture they had been told was formed and molded and was held together by rules God had established himself, Jesus came and broke these rules and then dared to call God Father. Heresy. Like the prophets before him, whom God had sent to try to refocus his people, Jesus, by how he lived, what he did, what he said, and where he placed his priorities, was jolting. It was uncomfortable. It threatened to rip those who dared considering following Jesus out of their comfort zones. A rule-based culture that if you just attended to the minute details of the rules in every regard, then your life would be God-honoring, right? Then you were assured God would be with you and your family and all would be well. They weren't wrong, but they were missing the point. And perhaps we are too. After Jesus and the initial century or so of enthusiasm seeking to teach about this freeing, truly worthwhile new Jesus way of living, which was the kingdom of God culture, which could thrive within any culture, and with the best of intentions, a focus back on the rules snuck in as one of the emphases of the growing Christian church. In a similar vein, through the centuries, there were always parts of the body of Christ, which placed emphasis on the power of the Holy Spirit, as evidence of the presence of God and why he should be followed. Remember the concept of the mystical body of Christ, 
For Jesus is the head, and we are all the parts taking his instructions in one of the ways St. Paul helps us to understand. How God uses all of us together this side of heaven to be his love and strength, power and manifestation of his will for one another and others. It is not wrong once you decide to choose God as your leader and want to honor God with how you live your life. So you look for guidelines, for rules, regarding what that looks like. It is not an error to believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, who Jesus promised to send us after he returned to heaven, so we are not alone here, and so that we can do Jesus' work. Because we are not Jesus. There is only one Son of God. But is it possible that in our childlike enthusiasm and not yet fully grown perspective in comparison to God, that we have missed the point? The main characteristic of God that Jesus revealed? The God essence and thus overriding God emphasis? Not on purpose, but just because the type of culture Jesus revealed was so different that we still struggle to wrap our minds around it? Could it be that in our fallenness, in the aspects of us that fight for our own way versus the way of God, this overarching truth, which is to infuse everything, is something which is just plain difficult? There is a grand temptation to make the rules or the miracles the end all. But that's not actually what Jesus showed. Yes, there are ways to live which honor God because it is the way he designed life to be. And obviously, then there are ways which are not his way to be, which are ours and not his, because we want what we want. And yes, there is the promise for each one of us that God, through his Spirit, will give each of us gifts. Spiritual gifts imbued with spiritual power, God power, which is under his work. And when you are seeking to walk through life, in other words, to be going God's way instead of your own, and when you are open to it, God may work miracles through you. Or he may cause miracles to happen in response to your prayers or the prayers of a group of which you are a part. He is a miracle-working God. These are great things. But Jesus showed us over and over again. He was not about a checklist of rules, not because the rules weren't good or were to be ignored, but because the rules did not encapsulate the whole of what God was trying to communicate about how to live. On the other hand, the miracles also were not the greatest thing. They were not and still are not. The physical healings were not the greatest thing. The deliverances of people from demonic oppression were not the greatest thing. Not even causing those who were dead to be alive again. This was not the greatest thing. St. Paul seems to have said it best, echoing what all of Jesus' life demonstrated when he wrote in his first letter to the first century community of believers in Corinth which was a city in Greece 
about 50 miles west of Athens. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31 part B, through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 8, as follows. And yet I will show you a still more excellent way, one of the choicest graces and the highest of them all, unselfish love. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love for others growing out of God's love for me, then I have only become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, just an annoying distraction. And if I have the gift of prophecy and speak a new message from God to the people and understand all mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have all sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains but do not have love reaching out to others, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it does me no good at all. Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful and is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked nor overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not take into account a wrong endured. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes, believes all things, looking for the best in each one, hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times, endures all things without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades nor ends. Love is who God is. Love is what Jesus demonstrated. Love is what the rules encapsulate. The miracles give credence to the supernatural superiority and sovereignty over creation of God and the reality that the spiritual realm is real. The miracles are like a calling card. Pay attention. God is here. But the greatest feature of God and the reason for the miracles is his essence, which calls us to him and thus one to the other in a different way. This way is love. I'm not saying any of us know how to truly love like Jesus, to love like God yet. I know certainly that I do not. But this is what I am looking for. This is what I beg God to teach me. This is how I know the power of God through the Holy Spirit must flow through me for God to be seen in this world during my lifetime. Every person physically healed will still eventually die. If the dead are raised, they will die again. We welcome the miracles. We thank God for the gift of this Jesus-like evidence of God's love, which is very all-encompassing mercy and compassion, provision and care.
tangibly and practically, as well as with a heavenly bent. But we pursue understanding how to love God by loving one another more as Jesus would, so that he can be truly seen and known, so others can find him, surprised and comforted by his different way, his different culture. My inability to love well like Jesus keeps me humble, but I keep looking to learn, to be more a vessel through which his love can flow by his spirit, because I will never succeed on my own. I am too darn human. But God knows this, still loves me as I am, and has sent his spirit to help. He will help you too. Listen to the song, Father, Forgive Them. Let it work on your heart as you listen again. Let it be a prayer so you can revisit and let go of hurts from others, which may have been hindering your ability to love. Ask God, and he will daily help you come to understand love his way more, which is not cushy feel-good, but edgy and honest, too. Thank you for joining in. Godseeker messages are sponsored by Eagles Nest Foundation. Until next time. This is Elizabeth Fulgaro. I am praying for you. Listen to the song, Father Forgive Them, and keep seeking God.